What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and oh my god, we have two games left in the regular season. Just the West right here, and I have been busy this past week. I do apologize to all my loyal listeners, but um, it's a good opportunity to talk some NFC West football. And uh, just to give you guys a bit of insights, I'm actually going to be at the Niners-Rams game, Saturday night football. It's going to be lit. So I'm going to have a tailgate. Uh, I'll be in blue lot one. Uh, holla at me. Maybe. Maybe. So uh, I'll be there with a couple of buddies. I usually plan a tailgate every year for just the West. And so I'm really looking forward to this game. I think that for, for me personally, you know, being in the NFC West, uh, it's been a while since I've been to a Niners game where it actually mattered. Uh, I've, you know, like I said, I, I've done plenty of Niners tailgates, but they haven't been really relevant as a team. But this time around, you look at the NFC West and these final couple games for both the Seahawks, the Niners, and they're not out yet technically, but even the Rams, every game matters for these final two games. So let's go ahead and look at the NFC West in terms of the standings and talk about the matchups at hand for week 16 in the NFL, especially in the NFC West. So you have first place, you have the Seahawks, they're at 11-3. They're tied with the Niners at 11-3 because they have the tiebreaker. Played on Monday Night Football earlier this season. They beat the Niners at San Francisco, and so they have that tiebreaker. And that's why they're first place right now. And that's why they have the number one seed in the NFC Conference for right now. Uh, They had a game last week at Carolina uh, where they came out up top 30 to 24 against the Panthers. It if you look at the box score, it looks like they were, you know, it was a closer game. But, you know, I I think uh, the Panthers kind of made up the points on a backdoor cover sort of ordeal in which uh, they they got some points. Christian McCaffrey made his fantasy football owners uh, a lot happier in that regards. But it really wasn't uh, a close game. Chris Carson, Russell Wilson, I mean, they just, they ran the ball well. They had some really big plays to Tyler Lickett and DK Metcalf. And, you know, that's that's pretty much what it was. So 30 to 24 Seahawks. Right now, they take back the first place lock in the NFC West. Uh, conversely, you have those San Francisco Niners. They're at 11 and 3, but not in that same level of optimism because they could have been 12 and 4. They should have been 12 and 4. I'm sorry. Not 12 and 4. They should have been 12 and 3. Uh, they should have had their 12th win for the season because they had uh, a home game against the Falcons. And the Niners, they were favored by like, what, 9.5, 10 points going into this game. And this is a definition of a trap game. Now, the Niners, they had three really tough games last three weeks. They played the Packers, they played the Ravens, they played the Saints. I mean, they came off a really convincing win at New Orleans and yeah this was a bit of a stinker um, this was a game in which the Niners lost 29 to 22 a game in which Julio Jones of the Falcons had 13 catches for 134 yards and two touchdowns this is a game where the Niners receivers had four catches for uh, I don't know 30 something yards uh, it was the George Kittle show where he matched Julio Jones with 13 catches and 135 yards, but um, this wasn't the sort of football, at least defensively on the other side, where you, you expect 
the Niners to allow uh, such a surprising loss at home. Uh, the Niners, they sacked Matt Ryan twice. No takeaways uh, from the defense. The takeaway came from the special teams unit, actually. But in the winning seconds of the fourth quarter, um, shoot, the Falcons had it with under two with about a, a t- one timeout left. They marched down the field. They had two back-to-back plays in which uh, it went down to the wire. And the final play of the game in regulation pretty much said that um, the Falcons win with a go-ahead touchdown. So, yeah. Despite all that, though, the Niners clinched a playoff berth in the same right as the Seahawks did because the Rams, who are now in third place, they are 8-6. and six. Uh, but they are coming off a pretty sour loss. Uh, and this is, this is, they went to Dallas and they needed to win this game to keep their chances of playoffs in the mix. I believe they were like a 30, 35% chance of making playoffs. And now they're like 15, 20%. They lost 21 to 44 against the Cowboys in which, you know, for the most part, going into like the second quarter, it was a 7-7 game. It was close. You know, they were right in the mix. But then, you know, this is just how football goes. Um, blown coverage. Taven Austin, former Ram, he gets like a 60-something yard touchdown. Uh, 14-7 to get the ball back. Another turnover or whatever. 21-7. And just one thing led to another where uh, come halftime, the game's pretty much done. You know, they're, they're down by three scores at halftime. And the Rams, I don't know, whatever happened because this was embarrassing. The Ravens game was embarrassing. But for the most part, their defense has been pretty good, pretty stout, especially, um, you know, when you consider Clay Matthews, Santi Fowler, Aaron Donald. I mean, they have star players. But in this game and just similar to the Ravens game, it just really got out of hand. And the Cowboys did what they probably should have been doing all season but they they ran the football but they ran the football very well against the rams this is a game in which ezekiel elliott and tony pollard combined for i don't know like 300 something rushing yards zeke had two touchdowns a a buck 20 um this was a game where it was pretty much out of hand by third quarter honestly the fourth quarter was kind of a wash so because of that loss that enables the Niners to clinch a playoff berth in the same right as the Seahawks clinch a playoff berth. Now the Rams can still win uh, outright, and I think the Vikings would have to lose both their games uh, in the final stretch of the regular season for them to even have a remote spot in the playoffs. It's possible, but, you know, if anything, um, their season doesn't look too good. In that same light, last place... Last but not least, you have the Arizona Cardinals, and they are 4-9-1. And And the record doesn't look that great, but let's keep this all in perspective because they're 4-9-1, but they just beat the Browns. They were on a six-game losing streak. Six games, man. They were on a six-game losing streak, and they finally put it to a halt because they got the win at home. 24 Browns, Cardinals 38, in which Kenyon Drake, I mean, it just this is just like the funniest story about the Cardinals um, 
I won't say offseason, but their acquisitions. They traded for Kenyon Drake midseason. And David Johnson right now, he's he's healthy. But Kenyon Drake is the one that is the workhorse back. And he had, oh my God, he had a killer game. He had like four touchdowns, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. He had four rushing touchdowns for 137 rushing yards off of 22 carries. That's a 6.2 average per carry. He had an insane game in which, um, I mean, Kyler Murray, efficient, 19 for 25, 219 yards and a touchdown and a pick. But uh, all in all, they just ran through the Browns. They just ran through the Browns. And it was a nice matchup for Kyler Murray to finally break off the losing streak. But not only to do that, but Kyler Murray being a former Heisman winner, played up against Baker Mayfield, a former Heisman winner, and he beat him. Two former number one picks, two former Heisman winners. And it was good for him to, to come off with that win because I know for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they were just they were just tired of losing. And I know that this is a rebuilding year, but you know, you can't be losing six games in a row, man. It's just it's just tough for any franchise. So uh all in all, that's what you have with the NFC West. And this makes my job a lot easier for Week 16, because Saturday, there's one NFC West matchup, and on Sunday, there's one NFC matchup. Four teams, they are playing each other, and so let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about the NFC West for Week 16. Saturday Night Football, 5.15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is the game where I'm going to be attending, because I'm having a tailgate, and I will be in attendance uh Kind of in the nosebleeds, don't get me wrong, but the reason why is because the price of the tickets this year has skyrocketed because when you play winning football, it matters and the price goes up that wazoo in terms of tickets. And so, yeah, man, um, let's talk about this Rams-Niners game at San Francisco in which the Rams are 8-6, and six, the Niners are 11-3, and... While the Rams do have a chance to, to make playoffs, it doesn't look too well for them. But at the very least, they would love to spoil the chances of the Niners, their division rivals, because the Niners, they are battered, they are hurt, and they I, I think their bye week was like, what, week four? It's been like forever since they had a week to rest. And so the Niners, what they like to do is they need to win outright. They need to beat the Rams. They need to beat the Seahawks to end the season to clinch not only the NFC West, but to take the first seed in the NFC Conference. If they're able to do that, they would have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and they would have that elusive bye week. They could skip a week of playoffs. They don't have to go through the wild card. They don't have to play the Cowboys. They don't have to play the Eagles at said team they don't have to go on the road they would have a week to relax and rest their players i'm talking about richard sherman d ford jaquiski tart i mean they are battered on both sides of the football right now and this is something where they they really want to have out um they lost uh, you know technically the last six games they're three and three they've lost three games in which you know the pass rush has been it hasn't been what it was the first eight weeks when they went 8-0. Um, this is a team that is starting to struggle. And, you know, as a contending team like the Niners, you can't be struggling to end the season. 
I know that there have been a lot of fans just saying that, hey, you know what? I know that the the Niners are hurt. Maybe they should just rest their starters and punt these two games. They clinched the division. I don't know, a division. They clinched a playoff berth. They might as well just punt, get the wild card, and, and go healthy. But, you know, football is all about momentum. And if they do that and they don't play good, solid football to end the year and then go on the road in the wild card, it's just really tough for any team. Um to come up and, you know, win outright and make the Super Bowl, it's really tough that way. And so I understand where that sense of urgency for the Niners are moving forward. Because of that loss against the Falcons, you can look at it in, in two ways. One, it, it shows, you know, kind of the hangover of all, all these intense games that they've been playing. It shows that the injuries are starting to come up where it does challenge their depth. Um, but... Uh, on the other side, losing that game pissed the fuck out of them, right? They're really mad about this game that they let loose at home, where I would love for them to respond on Saturday Night Football and come up with a bang because they know that the rest is in their hands. Despite their loss, they can win these two outright and take that number one seed in the NFC Conference. And so that's on one end. Conversely, when you look at the Rams, too, I mentioned before that, you know, they're they're kind of out, but they're still in. But I'll be very curious to see how their defense responds, especially against a divisional opponent like the Niners. And especially since they got their asses handed at Dallas. I mean, I, I don't all things considered, their defense has been solid, but they've had two really bad games defensively, one against the Ravens and one against the Cowboys. Um I'd like to say that's an anomaly, but I know at the same time, too, they have... I'm not too worried as much as their defense as I am about their offense because right now, Jared Goff, uh, he's got a thumb injury. He's probably going to play. I think he's been dealing with this like the last couple weeks, but he's not 100%. And this offense as a whole is or has been struggling to find an identity. Todd Gurley, he's coming off a game where he had 11 carries for 20 yards in which the Rams, once again, they abandoned the run. Um, they didn't play that well. They got behind. And Todd Gurley didn't look all that great when he had his opportunities anyways. Um, you're seeing that, and then you're seeing a passing offense where, I don't know what the hell happened, but you haven't been seeing too much of Cooper Cup. Uh, mind you, Cooper Cup had like four y- four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown last week. But for the most part, he hardly saw that many targets throughout the game. Only kind of on the back end when the game didn't matter. That's concerning. Um, it's concerning with this, with this offense when you consider that, I mean, technically their offense is healthy. Their offense is healthy. Their offensive line has gotten better in recent weeks. You have Brandon Cooks. You have Robert Woods. And if anything, you have... The ascension of Tyler Higby, their tight end. He had like 12 catches for 120 yards. I mean, the last two games, he's been playing at a very high level. And so you would hope that, you know, their offense gets better. Um, But I am, you know, I am concerned about what they're going to do moving forward. I'm concerned about the play calling. I'm concerned about Todd Gurley. Uh, I am concerned about, you know, what, what to expect on Saturday night. Flip side, Niners when they had the football too. Um, this was this is a game that I'm very intrigued to see how they're going to do the play calling because as much as they were aggressive when they played the Saints, they were pretty vanilla against the Falcons. And there's two 
mindsets when you play these sort of football games. You play one, you play to win, where you score more points, you push, you're aggressive. Um, you, know, you know, against the Saints, for example, they put up 48 points, and you're playing to win, you're, you're willing to take those risks, and you're willing to honestly be aggressive um, in the passing game and just the play calling as a whole. But what we saw against the Falcons is you're playing not to lose. That's the second mentality in which uh, you're playing takeaway. You know, and you're not necessarily there to run up the score or, or score points. You just want to do just enough and to hold on to win the time of possession and come out with the win. And the Niners had an opportunity when they were up 20 to 10 against the Falcons, but fortunately, that didn't happen. The defense wasn't good enough. Their pass rush wasn't good enough. And that is why you see them with their third loss of the season because they played not to lose, a different premise. And so come Saturday, what type of play calling are we going to expect? I think that both the Rams and the Niners are going to try to run the football um, to try to get back to what they do well, running the football, uh, commanding the line of scrimmage, and to do what both quarterbacks whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff, where they both do really well, which is excel in play action. Jared Goff is a completely different quarterback in play action. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been money in play action. Okay, So I would expect all in all um, this to be first half, a lot of running, see who kind of breaks through, um, and then you'll see some scoring thereafter. That's what I'm thinking. Um Niners defensively, just a couple notes with that. I mean, they've only had three sacks the last three games. A lot of it has to do with their depth, with these injuries. Um, They're not as fresh as they were before. I'll be curious because D. Ford's out again to see how Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, how they respond because, you know, Eric Armstead, he's been having a Pro Bowl sort of year, and he didn't get the nod. He didn't even get recognized at all like I'd be pretty pissed off uh, I assume that he would be as well so I'd like to see a good game out of him um, in the secondary for the Niners if you look at the secondary apparently you know despite like a grade two like hamstring strain uh, Richard Sherman only missed one game and now he's expected to be not only back but healthy because he's not even on the injury report you get Richard Sherman back you get Nickelback K1 Williams so that should be really reassuring to have that secondary kind of back in full swing. Um, but I am curious to see if their defense can kind of regain some of that swagger that they had the first eight games of the season. Because the last us three, it's been, it hasn't been the same. Injuries has been an obvious factor for the Snyder's defense. But for a primetime game, for the last two games of the season, what type of game are we going to see? Going back to the Rams defensively. I think they're a solid defensive team, um, but you know against that Cowboys team, I didn't see that much out of Aaron Donald, and I would hope, especially when you have the Niners center Ben Garland as a replacement center for Weston Ritzberg, they've had some struggles on the interior of their offensive line. Mike Person's questionable. He's probably going to play, but he's not 100% either. Um, but Aaron Donald needs to have an Aaron Donald dominant type of game in the NFC West. He needs to be a factor. Um, you know, I just need to see more of Aaron Donald, especially because he was rather quiet against the Cowboys. I would hope that he rebounds in, in a divisional game. 
So all in all, I just look at both these teams where they're going to run the football. You're going to see some stuff a little bit later on. Um, but I think overall, you know, for the sense of urgency for the Niners and just coming off such a shitty loss to the Falcons, I would expect them to be aggressive, uh, eventually get their stuff together. And they are the better team at, up to this point. They are the better team than the Rams. The Rams are reeling. And so go ahead and give me the Niners 27-17. to 17. Rams, as much as like they like to make it you know competitive earlier on, I think the Niners will clean up some of their mistakes uh, that we've seen the last couple weeks. I think that, especially at home, primetime, they do well in primetime games. So give me the Niners 27-17. to 17. Sunday. Sunday. Makes my job a lot easier because all four teams are playing each other. So the only other NFC West team I got to talk about is the Cardinals, who are four nine and one, going on the road, a tough road game against the Seahawks, who are eleven and three. And for the Seahawks, all they have to do is stay the course and win the games that they're supposed to win. But you know, it's a divisional game, and divisional games are always tough. They're always tough. And Kyler Murray, you know, he is coming on to his own. In a similar light to Russell Wilson, both athletic quarterbacks that can roll out the pocket and give defenses troubles. And so, you know, Kyler Murray, he takes some pride. And they aren't that bad offensively. They are 12th overall in offensive efficiency. You have Kyler Murray, who's progressively getting better. And you're having a running game with Kenyon Drake getting better. Now, I don't know what the deal is with David Johnson moving forward, but... They have three capable backs in Kenyon Drake, David Johnson, Chase Edmonds, and you you know you ha- you have some life in the receiving game now. You have the goat, which is Larry Fitzgerald. You have Christian Kirk. You're seeing a couple of nice things. Um, you know you'd like a little bit more consistency out of the passing game, but overall they have some juice to their offense. So uh, when I look at this, when the Cardinals have the football, I mean, you know I think that uh, they should have. Some opportunities running the football. Okay. Kenyon Drake coming off a big four touchdown game. He has the capability of having another big game on the road at Seattle. The reason why I say that is because the Seahawks, they are dealing with a ton of injuries as well. Uh, maybe not as impactful as the Niners injuries, but it's it's right there. It's certainly right there. Jadavion Clowney, he's questionable. He's got a core muscle injury that's been bothering him all season. And so he's questionable to play. I think Ziggy Onside's back. He missed last game. Um, you have Michael Kendricks, their middle linebacker. He's probably going to be out again, which means that the rookie Cody Barton is going to be starting. Uh, you have Al Woods, defensive tackle. And he's been a good run gap defender, a two-gapper. And he's actually he's suspended for four games for substance abuse uh yeah man he's out pretty much the rest of the regular season and then some come into the playoffs and so that hurts and then you know last but not least well not last but not least but you have josh gordon you know they're the receiver that they picked up from the patriots obviously very talented and he had a couple of big catches last week against the panthers but uh once again he got caught for uh illegal substances or whatever he failed the drug test in which they released him, and he is out indefinitely with the NFL because this is like their his nth time in regards to like you know just getting in trouble. 
So I feel for him. Um, that puts the, the Seahawks in a bind offensively. They have Laquette and Metcalf, but that that sucks right before right before playoffs. And then lastly, they also have Quandre Diggs, who's been a baller for them. Uh, he's probably going to be out again. He's been dealing with an injury as well. So it's just, you know, it's just... It's just tough for them right now. Uh, they have some injuries where I feel that the Cardinals, even though they're, they're the inferior team, they should have some pretty competitive matchups um, in their favor just because I know that the Seahawks, their run defense has been eh, and their pass rush has been eh. Uh, Rasheem Green, he, he he leads them in sacks. He only has four sacks, you know, but he leads the team. So uh, there is some optimism uh, conversely, you know, when the Seahawks have the football, I mean, you know, uh, this Cardinals team defensively, they're pretty fucking bad, man. They have like the worst pass defense. Um, they just released Terrell Suggs because, you know, he wasn't giving them that much. And from what I understand, they're going to give Hassan Riddick, you know, former first round pick out of 2017. They want to give him another look to see he, if he's going to be their long-term plans. But you know, this, uh, this defense sucks, man. Uh, Jordan Hicks, he's been nice. Chandler Jones, he gets another Pro Bowl bid. Shout out to Chandler Jones. But, you know, you're just not seeing too much out of this defense. And so, honestly, if I'm the Seahawks, kind of see what they did last week against the Panthers. Just keep running the football, do the damn thing. Put Chris Carson in some good situations to, to pound the rock. And put Russell Wilson to do Russell Wilson things put him in play action Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf even though you don't have Josh Gordon that is plenty of weapons for them um you know even you see a little bit of Jacob Hollister he's, he's been in the mix as well um but I don't think they really need to change too much with this uh offense because offense works just fine I'm more concerned about their defense but as long as they have Russell Wilson you know they'll be they'll be fine honestly they're gonna be fine so I mean when you look at that um those are the mitigating factors. You know, the, the Seahawks, their defense is, uh, is struggling with injuries. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's not that great of a front seven right now because of those injuries. It was already kind of bad to begin with uh, in terms of the, the lack of pass rush. But uh, I think that they'll be they'll be okay. Um, and I think their offense is just just A1 stuff right now. I think they'll, they'll be fine. But having said that, let's just kind of circle around with this. Because, I mean, the Cardinals are obviously the inferior team to the Seahawks. But the Seahawks, the way they play, like I mentioned before, you know, running the football and controlling the time of possession. Uh, I think that they always, I mean, the last big victory they had it was against the Cardinals, don't get me wrong. But for the most part, they typically have their opponents kind of in the mix. Um, you saw that last week when they played the Panthers and they won 30-24. to But they tend to not blow teams away. Um, in which, you know, the Seahawks are they're nine and a half point favorites over under fifty and a half, uh, higher scoring game, and you know I, I I get that I get that, but I think that it should be relatively close. Um, give me the Seahawks twenty eight, give me the Cardinals twenty. I th- I think it'll be a, a closer game for those points I mentioned. Uh, Seahawks defense they're not all right there and Kyler Murray and this run game is getting better so a more competitive game in the NFC West but I think the Seahawks do take care of business 28 to 20 so that's where I see the NFC West right now 
forgot to mention the spread, but the Niners are favored by 6.5 over under 44.5. I predicted the Niners to come up top 27-17. to 17. And then I have the Seahawks, 9.5 point favorites over under 50.5. And I have them up top 28-20. to 20. So really excited for Saturday night football because I'll be there as an attendee at Levi's Stadium. Should be fun. Should be cold, but I hope it doesn't rain. But I'm looking forward to a Saturday night primetime football game. Conversely, Seahawks, if they keep doing their thing, it should make a really interesting matchup to end the season. Because if you have the Seahawks and the Seahawks, I'm sorry, if you have the Seahawks and the Niners tied with a 12 and 3 record, that means they should get bumped up to primetime because the Niners will play at Seattle for pretty much the division and the number one seed in the NFC conference for home field advantage for that elusive bye week. That is something where I, maybe I'm getting a bit ahead of myself because I'm thinking of week 17, but if both teams take care of business in week 16, that should set up a really lit game in week 17. Once again, thank you for checking out the Just the West podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, uh, continue to do so. I'm also on Twitter at Just the West and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Till next time, we out here. Peace.